Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Live from Pawnee. My name's Alan. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing today? Hi, Alan. I am feeling psychedelic and groovy today, man. How about you? Far out, dude. Far out. Right on. Hey, all right. You ready to do Season 2, Episode 4, Practice Date? Am I ever. Let's do this, the sucker. All right. All right. Well, this week's episode was written by Harris Whittles and directed by Alex Hardcastle. And um, I'm looking forward to this one, Mark. How about you? I am too. I had forgotten about most of this episode, I realized later on. I, I did I did remember the, the basics and then I got into watching it. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yep. 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 And I got more to say about that later. So let's do that. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into the cold open of this episode then. You know, Mark, um, this this one's a long one. I think it's almost two minutes long. And as much as I'd love to play the whole thing, I think I'm just going to play a short clip of it and then we'll talk about the rest of it. How's that sound? That sounds awesome. Yeah, go for it. All right, here we go. And to my wife, I apologize. All I can say is I wasn't just having sex. I was making love to a beautiful woman and her boyfriend. Yep. A third person whose name I never learned. <laughs> Furthermore, <laughs> and there. it was wrong of me to say I was building houses for the underprivileged when I was actually having four-way sex in a cave in Brazil. I bet cave sex is insane. <laughs> Why? Because of the echoes and the humidity. <laughs> in my defense, it was my birthday, and I really wanted to do it. <laughs> that totally excuses that. <laughs> it does. I Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was Councilman Bill Dexhart, uh, for those of you, uh, you know, viewers at home who couldn't see my, my computer screen there. And no, they're uh, not viewers. Th oh, damn it. Uh, mm. One of these weeks, Mark, one of these weeks, we're going to get that right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, that, Councilman Bill Dexhart, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to know and love Bill over time. And uh, well, I won't say any more right now. So that's the cold open. Mark, are you going to walk us through a synopsis? Well, actually, you know what? I, I think the only other thing that happens in the cold open that's worth mentioning is, you know, um, this kind of sets the tone for the episode where clearly we're, one of our themes, and I know you'll get us more into this here in a bit, is going to be about the the dirty underside of politics and how if, if you're in the public light, um, you can get your dirty laundry aired pretty quickly, right? Yeah, I, I think that there are maybe... Two, two or three minor uh, points left in the cold open. You know, yeah. one, there is a there's a very brief Leslie talking head where she was trying to say, like, you know, look, I, I, I think it's a shame when people concentrate on the, the tawdry right. uh, details. You know, personally, all I care about is Dex Art's policies, not whether or not he was high on nitrous and cocaine during the cave sex, which, by the way, I heard he was, you know, I heard he so, was. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Now, we also, I have to say, get an introduction here of one of my favorite characters, Perd Happily. True. He's in the cold open. You you called it. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk more about Perd too, but you're exactly right. First time. Channel four, eyewitness news. And um, <laughs> let's see, there's been a, the only other thing that kind of leads into the rest of the show, I would say is, you know, they're, they're watching this scandal unfold on TV and Mark wonders aloud like what why would anyone ever want to right. run for public office because you're just you're just asking for your entire yeah. life to be analyzed and exposed and tom is like well you know if you're squeaky clean like me it's not a worry and so i think that statement or those two statements kind of 
is the, the, the seed that some of this yeah. grows from. So that's the only reason I wanted to mention that. No, great, great point. That's going to rever reverberate in Mark's head for basically the rest of the episode and actually create some opportunities. So, okay. Correct. All right. Mark, you're going to walk us through a synopsis of the, the whole episode then. Well, Alan, you know, as we've talked about, the term is synopsises, but yes, I am. You know, I'm. That's only a, because of the way you do it. Well, you know, I, I know Latin. You're incapable like, of doing a single synopsis. So this is really on you. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, you know, that may be true. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I broke down this episode, uh, the synopses into two stories, uh, a, a story and B story. So I had the A story as um, uh, what I'm calling the first date. Yeah. Um, shortly after the cold open, I don't think immediately after, but shortly after it, um, Leslie is having lunch with Anne and she's telling her that she's nervous about her first date with Officer Dave. And to help Leslie prepare, Anne takes her on a practice date and Anne realizes Leslie has a serious problem <laughs> trying to get ready for this date. She brought note right. cards with topics of conversation. She has fake sounding practice laughing. Um, Anne uses exposure therapy on Leslie to help her deal with worst case date scenarios. She's very mean to Leslie, who's, you know, horrified at first, but eventually she stands up for herself. And finally, Anne congratulates her saying, okay, you know what? You're good. You stood up for yourself. You've seen the worst. Now you're ready for anything. Now you Leslie's coy all- bastard. Yeah, you, Anne, you coy bastard. <laughs> and <laughs> Leslie is now like happy and confident. She's like, you know what? Yeah, I am ready for this. And then she gets really drunk and then she leaves the bar and goes over to, to officer Dave's house. Cause oh, this God. is a good idea. Yeah, and then she's like, and she's like, I just want to tell you, I'm, I was scared. And now I, you're lucky to be with me. And can I come inside? Cause I'm really drunk. And you know, a, a seemingly annoyed Dave ends up kind of humoring her and finally bringing her home. Uh, the next day, Leslie feels horrible about what she did. And Dave arrives at her office that morning and, you know, she's starting to apologize and he's just like, well, you know, you can make it up to me tonight on our second date, you know, just kind of reassuring her and kind of right. glosses everything over. So that was a nice moment. It she was nice, yeah. kind of beams and she's cheered up. So that was the A story. Okay. The the B story I call the, the dig up dirt game because um, <laughs> I'm creative like that. I, um, I like that. <laughs> so Mine was called dirty laundry and politics, but I like yours better. I like yours better. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> um, so... Tom's claim in the cold open that no one could find anything about him because he's squeaky clean. Oh, yeah. It, it prompts the gang to start a game to see who can get the most dirt on each other. Yeah. And there, there are several unexpected things that come out during the game, including it probably reaching what we originally first saw, thought was probably a zenith in Mark's announcement that Jerry's adoptive mother was arrested for marijuana possession. And, you know, a distraught Jerry said that he didn't even know he was adopted. Oh my God. <laughs> Making Mark feel uh, terribly guilty. Ron declares himself the winner to Tom when he tells him he knows Tom's marriage to Wendy is a green card marriage to prevent her from being deported to Canada. Um, <laughs> Tom looking to even the scales between him and Ron turns to Mark for help in finding some dirt on him. Mark suggests Tom visit an out of town bar and speak to Ron's old friend, Duke Silver. Mm, interesting hearing about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tom visits the bar and learns Duke Silver is actually the alter ego of Ron himself, who secretly plays saxophone in a jazz club. Tom confronts Ron, who immediately calls a truce to the game to prevent his secret from getting out. Uh, after watching more footage of Dexart on TV, Mark 
and I think feeling kind of gross about this game at this point, quite frankly, Mark decides he wants Anne to learn all his own dark secrets from him. So he visits her uh, late at night and tells about like an affair he had with a married woman at 16 and some other stuff. And, and Anne, I think, is, is initially confused, but I think she's ultimately flattered. By like, I think she thinks it's a nice gesture, if a little weird. And then, so at the, at the very end, uh, April's mad because oh, yeah. <laughs> no one, no one's found out her dirt, which is driving a riding lawnmower through Nordstrom. Which, by the way, April took great pains to record herself. Yeah. It's and on the internet it on, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, it's like putting an Easter egg two feet in front of someone and saying, "I cannot believe you didn't find it." Oh my God. Um, also, an, an interesting note, um, this is a speculation, but I, I've read this in a few places. Alan, you may remember that in the pilot episode, yeah. um, for Leslie to get her subcommittee, Mark cashes in a favor that Ron owes him. And that's You're how right. that happened. So the speculation is that this, Mark knowing about Duke Silver and not telling anybody, is what this favor is. Interesting. Yeah. Well, if, if that's true, I mean, then obviously he kind of, uh, well, I mean, he doesn't tell Tom. He he lets Tom discover it himself, but boy, does he help him. He, he certainly does. I have to kind of kind of think he he walked the line very finely there. Yeah. Walking a line. Yep. Tom walking a line. Never seen that before. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's those are good synopses, Mark. Thank you. All right. So again, I think, and we haven't said it in a while, but our, our next segment is usually called AKAs, also known as. That's we right. We do this because NBC, God bless them, and the writers of this show, who we like generally, um, yep. they're just terrible at naming episodes. Um, oh, yeah. Right? I mean, this one's called Practice Date because it's about a practice date. And that's fine. It's certainly true and descriptive, but, eh, you know, we can do better. So we write our own. Mark, what would you come up with this week? Well, mine, you know, a lot of times I'll go through the whole episode and I'll be very analytical and I'll have my schematics and Bunsen burners out to try and determine exactly sure. the right phrase. I've you seen know. your charts. Yeah. I've seen you run out of yeah. like your expo marker go dry during this process. Oh, it's ugly when that happens. Yeah. Don't let that happen. That's why I, I, on the board. I, it's just, yeah, it's terrible. So. You know, this episode, I was very pleased when I didn't even get out of the cold open oh, before yeah. I said, yeah. that's it. This is gold, Jerry. Yeah. So it, it, this isn't I know in the past I've used like direct quotes from people and I'm yeah. going to I'm going to not exactly do that. But I'm just going to use this phrase because I feel like it captures, you know, let's be honest, what's on everybody's mind. Four way Brazilian cave sex. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. That's it. How about so you, your, man? Your ears is not a line as much as it is a state a of mind. Theme. <laughs> so a life goal, if you will. Yeah, sure. sure. I, I, I hear it's awesome. You know, the echoes and the humidity. So, Oh, my gosh. That makes it all worthwhile. Do me a favor. You know how sometimes, you know, we'll have a roving reporter. You know, you, you could do our roving reporter segment and come back and report and tell us how it is. I mean, you know, it's, keep it clean, but, you know. Well, it's going to be echoey and I'm going to need a, a, like a, a, Humid. A, a rag or something to, you know, mop my forehead with. But sure. Yeah, we can do that. All right. Uh, mine is also from the cold open. And for a moment, I was very worried that we were going to have the same uh, AKA, which would have been a first if that had happened. But no, that's right. Very hopefully, close, it wouldn't become a, hopefully it wouldn't become a trope. 
it could, um, you know, like the trope of me just copying you every week. I mean, I know I would be accused of that uh, yet again. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. So what was yours? Um, mine is, is, is basically from Dex Hart. It's, uh, in my defense, it was my birthday and because I wanted to, <laughs> you know what? That's also really solid. I can't yeah. argue with that a bit. I mean, come on. Right. I mean, what, what a good excuse for almost anything. Right. Almost. I, I know I've used that several times. Like, honey, I realize I'm <laughs> frying four turkeys and yeah. it's not even Thanksgiving, but it's my birthday and I kind of wanted, wanted to. to. So, yeah. you know, that's the end of that. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> is how that always goes. Sure. Yeah, of course. Well, so we kind of created our own segue into our first segment there. I mean, uh, we thought we were on to a first, which didn't happen. But um, what other first did you see here in this episode? I saw I have a I've got quite a list. Yeah, I do, too. You know, I'm I'm going to um, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. And I want to talk about tr- tropes that I found first. OK, fair. If that's OK. Um, sure, go for it. And I really didn't, I'm doing that because those are easier in the sense that I didn't, I don't think I saw as many of those as there were first. So I saw a couple of tropes. One Mm -hmm. is um, I'm counting the concept of jump cuts as a trope. So if that, if that's, if that's fair, then yeah. Yeah. Then I I found a, you know, a couple there. Um, There is like Leslie talking about. And again, Mark, just for the viewers at home. What we're talking about there, these sequences they've really crafted to a uh, to some level of expertise here, where the comedian who's being filmed will typically just rattle off one thing after another after another, and it's almost like they they could have chosen any one of them, but they couldn't choose, so they just did them all ten of them in a row. Right, right. While minimizing the the extra speech and response and yeah. space around it, so just go like a rapid machine gun, boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, just funny, boom. funny, funny, funny. Yep. Yep. And it is funny, funny, funny. It is. Um, so that's one. I know that specifically there was at least one uh, where Leslie was talking about bad things that have happened on first dates. And I think Anne was like, you know, oh, but yeah. I can guarantee you those won't happen. And she's like, no, they all have happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> the second one is something that I I love uh, is that, uh, and, and I think we first saw this in this season finale of, of season one where Tom does his ridiculous little open mouth grin, uh, almost like a little prairie dog to the camera. Oh my God. Yes. And uh, you know, I, I'd classify that under physical humor. It just cracks me up. And especially when, the way he does it. Oh my gosh. And when Tom finally goes to the Eagleton bar and sees Duke silver, I'm like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And sure enough, he delivered. Uh, it, was, it was very funny. Um, so those are the only two, I guess, tropes that I found. Um, how about how about you? Did you see any tropes, or do you want to go on to first? You know, I, I think for the tropes and themes, I you know, obviously, I feel like drunk Leslie probably qualifies. I mean, um, we know mm-hmm. we've seen her drunk at least once at this point, and we're gonna it's gonna happen again. Just a you know, spoiler alert. Um, and sometimes when she's drunk, she's pretty funny. <laughs> oh so. yeah. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah, I think that was the only one on my list that uh, you didn't already cover. But um, from a first perspective, I, I had several, and I bet you have some of these too. 
We've already said Councilman Bill Dexhart. It's his first uh, arrival that we've seen him. It, it's interesting too. I got a hold of the script for this one, and um, he has a different name in the script, which I always find interesting. They come up with a name. It's probably usually just a placeholder, and then over time, you know, it gets replaced with something funnier, which is very true here. Craig Whitley um, versus Bill Dexhart. So I have to say, good choice because Craig Whitley is not nearly as funny. Oh, I agree with that. Now, I, I I may have missed initially what you said. Where did you get that, that the information? Script. Oh, yeah, I've I've got the, the practice date script here, and uh, you know, first table pre-draft on August tenth, two thousand nine. So, these are always fun when you can get your hands on them because um, a lot typically changes in these single camera shows. Um, the Office far less so than Parks and Rec because we've said this before. Parks and Rec has a lot of um, a lot more ad-libbing. A lot of people mm -hmm. think that happens in the office, but it's just that well-written. And those comedians, I think their comedic styling, while funny, don't necessarily lend themselves to the, to the you know, the impromptu as much as it does for these folks. Sure. So, yeah. But that, that was my first first. Um, Duke Silver, first appearance of Duke Silver. Yep. Yeah, I bet you had that one as well, of course. I did. Um, what, what was on your list? I've got a few more, but I'm just curious what you had at the top of your um, list. So let's see. I had those two. Uh, I, I already mentioned this, so it's kind of cheating, but but the the first appearance uh, of Perd Happily, who yep, I absolutely Perd, love. Yeah. And, and, and you know, my understanding is he was only intended, like a lot of things that succeed and stick around, right. um, he was only intended for a one-time uh, uh, appearance and shot specifically for the Dexart sex scandal, but mm. it, it went really well. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Let's bring him back. Absolutely. Um, and I'm glad they did. And, 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 and I think it's true that while he's here, he's not necessarily doing the purred thing um, that, you know, we, we like about him later. Um, at least know, not as strong. Like he has a, strong. A, 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 a few little like voice inflections to where you could go, oh, that's purred. But it, he doesn't really purred it up, so to speak. No, good point. Purred happily played by the actor Jay Jackson, we should say. He's awesome. Yep. Um, and then I I, I had a, a couple others. Uh, one is, um, I'm going to say this is a first just because it was a it was a major revelation and this concept comes back a few times maybe it's not a first but i had learning that tom's marriage is a sham that definitely is a first that we learned that detail yes right right totally agree yep um and, and it and, kind of you know we'll talk more in our you know as we talk about tom generally well we can talk more about that but um yeah absolutely it's not the first time we meet wendy but it is the first time we kind of learn what's going on behind the scenes there right and and it gives us i think we talked about this in a, in a few earlier podcasts it gives us a little bit more appreciation as to you know yeah tom's kind of a, a dog tom's a dog when he's hitting on all these women and stuff and he's married but th this kind of gives a little bit more uh, of understandable, you know, background to that. Actually, you know what? I'm going to reverse something I just said. This is the first time we meet Wendy. I don't. I, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna argue with you there. I, I'll bet you, and the viewer, the viewers, and I will bet you any amount of money you want, sir, okay. that if you go back to the season one finale, she was there. Damn. That's that's where You're we right. first met her. So You're I'll right. Expect, look, I, we already talked. I don't have. I don't know how PayPal works, but I have a secret welcome mat by my house, so I'll spend uh -huh. the money there. Okay. Now, was this was this in a, a, a published scene or a deleted scene in Rock Show? 
Because well, as I'm, you've said, you're, you're <laughs> making up the rules on the fly. <laughs> if it's in the deleted scenes, it's not canon. So, you know, I'm just saying in my defense. Well, well first, it's it's very flattering that you actually, I didn't realize you pay attention to me because, you know, that is that is the rule. Um, well, that really but, pissed me off. So that, that left a mark. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it left an Allen for me. Oh, um, see what yeah. I did there? I, Language I is funny. It is um, funny. Huh. No, it, it, to your point, because deleted scenes certainly aren't canon. Um, anyone who thinks they, that that's not true is mistaken. Um, no, th th this was a, a normal uh, scene right. because when Mark shows up to the to the thing, Palomino's, he sees three couples, one of You're which exactly was Tom right. and Wendy, and yep, he's like, oh, I'm the wheel. seventh wheel. Yeah, yeah. well, seventh. Whatever it takes, Bob. Math is hard. Um, so let's see. The uh, the only other first that I had is, um, and this is maybe an unofficial first, but I'm going to lobby for this. I, I feel like this is the first episode where they really, really started to punk on Jerry and like, like really like treat him had as the too. whipping boy. Yep. Yep. Loser Jerry. Yep. Yep. I, I wrote loser Jerry. I wrote Ron in short sleeves. First time we see the, I feel like, and I told this to my wife, I feel like this episode in particular, because like you, I'd kind of forgotten a lot about it. And I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It was a lot like, you know, one of the, the you know, a Seinfeld episode where you're like, you're remembering how much happens in this episode. It's jam-packed. Right. Um, I feel like principally though, this is the first time everybody's kind of themselves and who they'll be through the end of sev season seven, in fact. Um, Tom has kind of settled into the right mix and I think learning what happens, I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping into character development briefly, but kind of learning what has happened to Tom here in, in this whole green card marriage, you start to understand why he's always hitting on women and is pretty okay with it. Um, it's not what he's been saying. It's because he is functionally single. Um, right? right. So, right. So all, all these things. And so you kind of, and, and Brandanowitz is becoming a lot more tolerable. We've seen that theme, if you will. And, and even more here where he's shown a lot of conscience and stuff, but yeah, I, I feel like that was it. And we, and the last for the first, and we'll move on, you know, I think it's the first time we see cozies where, where Duke Silver plays in Eagleton. Oh yeah. Um, and, and cause we do see that again. Uh, O'Neill's where they go on the practice date, uh, O'Neill's bar and grill. I think it's the first time we see that. And I think we see it again later, but it's not like a huge regular occurring place. Hang out. Oxwood yeah. Inn, right. Oxwood Inn, the restaurant they're at. I don't know if we ever see that again, but I just had those, you know, complete my official list of firsts. I had that, but I thought nice. Ron in short sleeves was a winner too. <laughs> I can't argue with that. I like it. Yeah. That's all I had yeah. too. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good. So deleted scenes, I think here is typically what we'll talk about next. And I, I had, I clocked these at six minutes and three seconds and I had 10 scenes. I think I counted 11, but you may be right. I may be counting. Something well, math twice. is hard and you're wrong. So that's okay though. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. I, 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 and it's possible because I think sometimes it's hard to say whether a, um, a scene that leads to a talking head is all one or if that's two things and that's probably where our difference is like because there are a few talking heads inside of here too a couple that, of funny duke silver ones <laughs> there there were uh <laughs> if nothing and, else and one thing i noted here um i i'll say in general i thought this was a fairly strong episode um the the you know one thing i noticed is that it, this is at least in my opinion i counted 10 or you know 11 or whatever uh, deleted scenes and i think about half of them meh, 
I, I get it. I get why they didn't put them in. Like usually they're, they're stronger. They have a stronger percentage. I think in the past I've said like maybe two thirds to three quarters of them. I'm like, these are really freaking funny. And, and I'm kind of sad to see that they're yeah. not in the show this time it, for me, yeah. they were about half. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I get it. So maybe that's a sign of why the show is so, why the episode is so good. Maybe they kept a lot of the good stuff in. Yeah, no, I, I think there, there was some really funny stuff in the deleted scenes, but I agree with you. It, it's proportionately, it's, it's probably not quite as funny as your average set of deleted scenes. And a couple of them are also, you know, where I think one of the deleted scenes is more of Leslie trying on Anne's clothes and, you know, a good portion of that makes it in the episode. So what they cut out here didn't, didn't add a lot of value, quite honestly. Well, that, but, um, well, that's a good point, you know. And I, 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 you know, I think that we've said. Tell me this, how that's a good point again, <laughs> Ellen. That is a fantastic point, as you so frequently make, and I like to tell you because you like that. Um, and, and you pay Thank me five dollars every time, and my welcome mat by my by my every house. Every time, ching <laughs> So, um, I, I think we've said in the past. It's worth noting, I think that you know, I think you and I have found that there are a couple types of deleted scenes. Um, roughly one mm. would be, you know, I'm going to make a completely new scene that can like modularly be added without uh, affecting the flow of the show in any serious way. And then the other type is when you have an existing scene that at one point was longer and they cut down the scene so that when you see the deleted scene now, it's just kind of like ex an extension of right. what we've already seen in the normal show. Um, and, yeah. and a lot of times the extensions can be funny. Um, the, the, the new scenes I find are sometimes even, even more funny because you had no idea that they were going to even toy around with that. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm looking I, at my list of deleted scenes here and I'll go out on a limb and say that all but two of them are just extended versions of what was left in the episode. So yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I would agree with that. What what were some of your favorite deleted scenes or what ones stood out to you? You know, I thought the the Leslie talking head where she talks about, you know, the first date is like a job interview. I thought that was kind of clever and, mm. and funny. It's real short, but you know, I thought that was funny. Um the 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 add-on of of Dex Hart basically saying he's not going to resign. Um <laughs> uh, but you know, um and he's not going to make a promise that he won't do it again because he doesn't want to break any more promises. <laughs> that shows <laughs> that you what sort of stand-up guy he is. Growth, right? Character growth. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, I think those were for me and, and, you know, a little more drunk Leslie at Dave's at the end. Just, I mean, she she really did uh, leave it all on the table there and <laughs> explains the bag of stuff he had to bring to her office the next day. I, I think for me, um, you know, you... <laughs> I think you had made reference to a couple of funny uh, Ron, um, uh, Ron, Ron Tastic uh, oh, deleted yeah. scenes. So there, there is one where you know at a point in the show, Ron is informing the camera. This is at City Hall that he has developed a scientifically yeah. perfect ten point scale of human beauty, and he he yeah. goes into a little bit of detail. But in the deleted scene, he he does a little bit more. So for example, a ten as we all know, would be tennis legend, Steffi Graf. Um, yeah, nine mine would too. be exactly. uh, Carrie Strug, uh, sculpted lower back, a <laughs> sinewy cultish, you know. Um, and eight yeah. would be Dominic Dawes, uh, Natalia Shaposhnikova, uh, you know, gymnast. Yeah, um, there's a theme here. 
Uh huh. Uh, seven would be obviously the Greek goddess uh, Aphrodite, uh, meaty, delicious, yeah. omnipotent. Those are all pluses. Um, I, I and, love and, that you, you, you know, a statuesque, beautiful woman who happens to be omnipotent only makes a seven on the wrong scale. Well, she's no Steffi Graf. That's saying something. Yeah. Well, yeah, true. I get it. And then, and then he he informs yeah. the camera after he gets done, oh, yeah. you know, just describing Aphrodite at a seven. He says, "Well, you know, six and lower, um, I, I don't like to discuss because, quite frankly, the criteria right. are extremely misogynistic." <laughs> Probably good that that didn't make the cut. <laughs> and the the other rontastic deleted scene was um, where Tom discovers him in the Eagleton bar as Duke Silver and and the yeah. camera is on Ron another kind of Ron talking head at least for a second and he says yes once a month in a bar in Eagleton Indiana I blow tenor jazz saxophone under the name Duke Silver for an audience of mature women and then they they have some I guess not jump cuts but but some some very brief talking heads with some of uh, you know, middle-aged women saying, "Oh, you know, Duke's really sexy, and I've had dreams about him." And then the camera goes to Tom, <laughs> Tom. and 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 he's so excited, he has his open mouth grin. He's like, "All these old ladies want to peep, Ron." Yeah, it's too bad they couldn't have left that one in because the, the 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 talking heads for the old ladies aren't quite as that I don't know that they were funny, but they. I can see why they cut him out, but unfortunately you had to cut Tom at that point then too, which was a really funny yeah, bit. Agreed. Well, let's do this then. Let's let's take our first break. And when we come back, we'll break down the episode. Awesome sauce. All right, be right back. Hello, podcast viewers. Are you looking to get out of Dodge? Do you want to escape from all life's worries, but don't know where to go or what to do? Well, I am happy to tell you that your worries are now over. Hello. This is Ron Swanson, and I am being handsomely recompensed to tell you about the Midwest's newest travel agency, Dexhart Destinations. While many traditional agencies focus on family-friendly destinations, Dexhart Destinations, also known as Double D, prides itself on pairing you with edgier locales. So whether you are traveling alone or with your partner, or even with multiple partners, we don't judge here at Dexhart Destinations. And if you are looking for that special spelunking adventure that you won't soon forget, be sure to check out our new special line of dark and wet destinations, many of which are located within hours of Pawnee, including choice Kentucky Anna destinations such as Marengo Cave, Squire Boone Cavern, and my favorite, Wolf Cave. When you are ready to book your next Grand M prize, be sure to call us here at Double D and mention our special Live from Pawnee promo code, Sweaty Echo. You won't be sorry. We know we never are. Tell them Ron sent you to receive $10 off a waterproof LED headlamp. One size fits most. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Terrific as always to have Ron helping us with our spots. And uh, man, I, I just, we're, we're so lucky. He's so great. Yep. I love that guy. Yeah, me too. 
All right. Well, let's walk through the episode here. I know we start in the cold open and sometimes we don't always bring that back up here because it's kind of stands on its own. But um, as you've pointed out, you know, we occasionally have one of these cold opens that is plot. Uh, what do you like to say? Plot relevant? Yeah. Plot relevant. That's right. Yeah, I like that. That's a $20 word there. Plot relevant. <laughs> you can get it on Amazon for $9.95. But yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. It's, I, an, I think- it's made from China, though. I, I think that so far in, in the episodes that we've done podcasts on plot relevant cold opens are still in the minority, but at least in season two, they're becoming more of a thing. Mm, interesting observation. I think that's true, actually. Yeah. All right. Well, following the cold open, find ourselves, we're, we're in the bullpen at the Parks and Rec's office, and we've got April, Tom, Jerry, Donna, Mark, and Ron all kind of sitting here watching the TV. Yeah, that's right. That you know, that's one thing incidentally that I really like about this episode is is they they're kind of making decent use of of the entire the entire bench. At least that's how it that's seems a great to point. Me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, Tom has just made this little offhanded comment that he's quote unquote squeaky clean, and hmm. I think that has prompted Mark to be like, you know, oh yeah. So he's like, you know, yeah, I, you think you're clean, but I, you know, I bet we could find something on you, and then. Tom's like doubling down. He's like, you know, look, I changed my name, which we learned in a prior podcast. Uh, and, you know, once in high school, a girl beat me at wrestling and that's it. I bet I could find worse stuff on all you. And then, you know, Mark's eyes kind of light up. Are you suggesting a game? You know? <laughs> and then they start all day, like they're all like, you know, like they raise their hand and Mark goes, I'm in. And Donna goes, I'm in. And Jerry oh, at, his, at his desk, he raises both hands and says, I- I'm out. And yeah. Tom says, not an option, Jerry. You're going down. Oh, my God. And, and Jerry tries. He's like, no, seriously. Uh, you know, I, I don't really don't want to play. Like Tom with equal enthusiasm. No, no, seriously. You are playing and we're going to nail you. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> and then Ron uh, walks out, I think, of his office. He's holding a football and he's going to join the conversation. He's like, I will play too, if only to prove that I can find more dirt on you than you can on me. And April's like, you know. That's why we're all playing. And I think they made, made Ron a little mad. Like, you know, your desk is over there. That's go, right. Go the hell over there. Yeah. Who asked you? And then there's a very, very short, like few seconds, uh, April talking head, I guess, where she in her very deadpan manner says, I love games that turn people against each other. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. So April. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned something we probably could include as a first, and I think it's fair to say it's this, the bench depth of this cast being so good. We've already expressed early on, especially the lack of Jerry and Donna, you know, and, and how funny those two folks are and that they were so, um, they, they weren't included early on. You know, I think we were three episodes in before Donna even spoke. You know, I already said too earlier, I feel like this is the first time everybody is who they're going to be. And I think we finally get to see everybody interacting together. You know, Jerry's kind of loser Jerry. And we're, right. <laughs> he's going to take some the brunt of some some unfortunate comedic, uh, you know, focus here. Donna has got Donna tude already. Right. Uh, you know, and, and really, you know, bringing Reddit's skill set in here. So I feel like, you know, this is a first where we see everybody on the bench from the bench, you know, on the floor, so to speak, if you want to take the sports metaphor to its ultimate end. I, I don't because I don't understand sports, but yes, I understand your meaning. Uh, I, I think <laughs> this so is, I, I think that'd be the, either the round ball or the pointy ball one. They both work here. Uh, isn't there a whiffle something in sports? I don't know. I don't know sports. Yeah. But anyway, I think your point is spot on, you know, especially 
I, I think this episode did a great job with the entire bench, but I would especially say that that's true for um, for for uh, Donna and, and Jerry. Yes. Um, because in the past, they were there, but they were very much like you would think of as the quintessential background characters. I mean, they're yeah, almost they're, they're 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 like one they're like one rung above filler. Yeah. Whereas here, they're actually kind of they're I mean, contributing. Say, saying they're full flesh characters is maybe a bit strong. We don't a know bit. them that well yet, but it's yeah. they're getting there. It's like yeah. where you go, oh yeah, Jerry, oh yeah, Donna. Like you're 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 anticipating them being in the scene, looking forward to it for that reason. No, that that's a great point. So from here, I think we move on, and we we've got um, Leslie talking head in her office. Or actually, first before that, we've got Dave and Leslie out in the hallway, just kind of joking around, and not a lot happens there. But well, right, I, I think that uh, you know. Th- from the audience perspective, the, um, the, the game is, is a foot and, you know, we see Donna messing around on her computer and apparently she's, uh, you know, cyber stalking Jerry. And she's like, yeah, you guys will never believe what I found on Jerry's Facebook. And April's like a friend burn, burn. <laughs> which kind of cracked me up. And again, Jerry's being like his really calm, sweet self. Like, okay, again, guys, I'd really rather not play. Um, and at this point, Leslie and, and Officer Dave uh, walk into the room, and I think Leslie was out of the room uh, when they were formulating this whole crazy dig up yeah. dirt game. Right. She she doesn't really play because she's she's off on her own storyline here on the first date. Right. Right. Yeah. And so she walks in with Dave. And she's like, "What are you doing?" And April's like, "We're trying to see who has the least amount of dirt uh, in case someone wants to run for office." And, and Dave chimes in, I think, que- questionably, like, "Well, it ain't Jerry, that's for sure." And Jerry's like, "Oh my god, what?" And as well, he's got a couple of three five nines on him, public urination. And and, and Jerry is just he's getting fed up. He just shakes his head and gets up from his desk. He's like, "I I don't like this game. I just don't like it." And he, he leaves the room and Dave mentions, uh, <laughs> this is, this is actually this. one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Dave's like, yeah, he's probably, <laughs> I can't even say it. He's probably going to go anger pee in pee. the courtyard. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to make that into my AKA, but I couldn't figure out how to make it a good title. Oh, anger peeing in Pawnee, I guess. Yeah. Autobiography. Yeah. There you go. The Jerry Gergich story. Um, so then Dave uh, leaves, you know, with with him and Leslie saying, OK, we're going to have a first date tomorrow. They'll be good. And it it's, appears as though maybe they're both a little anxious. Uh, Leslie is definitely anxious, maybe Dave a little bit, but um, Leslie appears a little nervous. And then that, that switches quickly to a talking head from her office where, you know, she's like, yeah, Dave and I are going on our first date. I'm not nervous. Why should I be nervous? We're just two people going on a first date. There's nothing to be nervous about. And her cell phone, mm-hmm. which is laying on her desk next to her, right, rings and she jumps clearly startled and she kind of goes, ah, and she grabs the phone and throws it against the wall, smashing right. it to bits. And she kind of looks stupidly at the camera grinning and hmm, that was my phone. Yeah. So yeah, she's clearly, clearly a little, she's not a little nervous. nervous. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And from there, I think we've got a short uh, little scene between Mark and Ann in the hallway, and uh, and then a then a little thing in the courtyard with Ann and Leslie. It is it, it is a little little humorous, you know. Ann's finishing up what is appearing to be the end of a of a sweet uh, heartfelt story, you know, where she's like and, and dot dot dot, and he looked up right. at me and and he said. Thank you. You saved my life. And Leslie clearly distracted. Yeah. 
Hey, yeah. listen, I'm really nervous about this date. <laughs> just kind of blown off what she said. And she's asking the for help. And, you know, like cargo pants, sexy hat. Like, no, I don't know what those what are. is that? What is that? I don't even know even what that is. And, and so, okay, well, shit, how about you come over? Like, oh, several hours from now? <laughs> okay, Leslie, you want to come over now? Yes, I think that'd be better. So they they take off from that point and go right to Ann's house where they're going to do whatever in the heck they need to do to help Leslie get through the date. Yeah. And then from there, we're, we're back in the bullpen and we see, I think everybody kind of starting their R&D. You can clearly tell that everyone's trying to find the dirt on someone else. Right, right. We see like a April's using a computer and you can see very clearly from the camera's vantage point that she's typed in the phrase Donna Meagle. Yeah. As uh, she's looking up dirt on Donna there. Yeah. And, Did you uh, mean Donna Meager? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because clearly Donna Meagle's not a thing. Yeah. Google. Right. Um, and Tom walks in the room, cocky as all get out, you know. Oh, what you doing, guys? Looking for dirt on me? Give up. Give and up. like, uh, oh, wait, and he reaches into his pocket. I got a Chris sandwich. He holds up the receipt, like, oh, you know, big news there. And That's then right. as if to add insult to injury, he then goes i think this is seconds later he goes into his office like where no one else is and a little talking head he's like this is like i yeah i told him that i ordered a croissant sandwich. this isn't even a real receipt it's just a scrap of paper like as if to add insult to injury and then a few seconds later you know tom's still in his office and everything yeah. and, and ron walks up Bang. and he he slams a picture of tom in <laughs> in some sort of robes against the office's window so the picture is is visible to the camera and ron says taliban robes and <laughs> and tom's like why where'd you get that photo from he comes out and joins the rest of them and you know they're all giving them the business and tom says like look that, that's from halloween i was a jedi 10 years ago and right mark's like oh i'm sure the voters will be able to tell the difference and, and, i thought it was his gryffindor robes at first i wasn't sure what the hell i was looking at see that's what i thought too Looks Hashtag like a Harry Potter. I know. Right. I know. Um, and, you know, Ron's a little smug at this point because he a found it. He's like, well, it, it looks like looks to me like you're in the Taliban. And so now Tom is going to fire back. And like, you know, well, did, <laughs> he said, well, did everybody know that Ron's ex-wife, Tammy, is actually his second ex-wife right. named Tammy? That's right. Ron has two ex-wives each named Tammy Tammy and 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 Ron <laughs> turns like perfective clockwork turns yep. directly to the camera both of them bitches <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a very brief talking head that Ron has at his desk where he's a little nonplussed at this like apparently oh, yeah. someone off camera has asked him a question and he says I love this uh yes my mom's name is Tammy. What's your, your point? point? <laughs> and 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 now Ron's fired up. We're back at the at the gathering. You know, they're at the center of the office, and Ron's like, "Tom, that was a Jaeger, Jaeger secret. secret." Yeah, I love this Jaeger secret thing. I apparently that's a, a secret shared over a Jaegermeister, and to tell that secret outside of context is some sort of sin. Well, yeah, that's 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 breaching a Jaeger secret. <laughs> and that's what, you know, so now Ron's like says quietly and sinister, like, 
you just breached a Jaeger secret. And yeah. <laughs> you hear, you hear <laughs> Don, Donna in the background goes, damn, this, this just heated up quick. <laughs> I know. I love this because this, this is really Donna at her best, you know. Right. And then I think we go from there. Uh, as we mentioned, Leslie wants Anne's help. And so now they're at uh, Anne's house. And um, Anne is, I think, sitting down and drinking coffee. And Leslie is trying on outfits. Yeah, it's like a little bit of a fashion show with Leslie coming out one outfit after another. And so Leslie starts on this this rampage of, of ridiculousness, starting with only slightly ridiculous. Like, well, what if he asked me if I've been married? Well, have you? No. Well, then say that. <laughs> well, right. But but and then this is actually one of my favorite moments just because of Anne's reaction to this. Leslie says, but if I say I haven't been married, he'll wonder why I haven't been married. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say that I was married. The real question is, should I say that I have kids? Guys like girls that have kids, right? And Anne yeah. just goes, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had no idea the death con was this this far gone for you. No, and she is totally wound up. And uh, and then I think she gets out her notebook of, of this and is about to kind of list off this crazy list of things. You want to play that clip? Yeah, please do. Let's do. Yeah, okay. I just have a few more questions for you, Anne. What if he shows up with another woman? What if one of my sleeves catches on fire and it spreads rapidly? What if instead of Tic Tacs, I accidentally pop a couple of Ambien and I have to keep punching my leg to stay awake? Those are all insane hypotheticals and I promise you they won't happen. They have happened. (laughs) All of these have happened to me. Uh, no, there's more. Uh, one time I accidentally drank an entire bottle of vinegar. I thought it was terrible wine. Once I went out with a guy who wore 3D glasses the entire evening. Oh, one time I rode in a sidecar on a guy's motorcycle and the sidecar detached and went down a flight of stairs. Another time I went to a really boring movie with a guy and while I was asleep, he tried to pull out one of my teeth. <laughs> I literally woke up with his hand in my mouth. We went out a couple times after that, but then he got weird. I then know. it got weird. I love that. I like that she her stick itiveness Alan. Like she, she's gonna yeah. like maybe this guy with his hand in her mouth <laughs> when she was sleeping at the movie, he might have some promise. But yeah, after a couple of dates, he got weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not that weird that that happened. No, I, a Pawnee must be a really small fishing pool, if you know what I mean. Um. Yes. <laughs> Based on Leslie's experience, I think it has to be. Yep, it's it's a it's a delight delightful mixture of inbreeding and diabetes. <laughs> Isn't this the scene coming up here now where you know Leslie thinks she knows what Anne's gonna ask and or, or recommend, and she says, you know, uh, you know, you you want to put an earpiece in? They're gonna do the Cyrano thing. Leslie thinks yeah. that's right, and then you know Anne's like, um, no crazy lady. <laughs> We're just gonna go to a restaurant and have a practice day. I'll be Dave, and you know, you'll practice on me. And, yeah, well, that's clearly a much better idea, um, mm-hmm. which then leads way to, I think, uh, 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 O'Neill's Bar and Grill. Yeah. And they have a, the, the shot is Leslie, I, I would presume she's pretending uh, to come from outside as if she's walking to the date like brand new. And she right. walks, you know, quote unquote, from outside to a table inside where Ann, uh, Dave, is waiting for her. And right. You know, they they greet and she's like, oh, hey, Dave, it's me. It's Leslie. 
like he's not going to recognize her. <laughs> right. And like, hi, Leslie. And and she reaches in for a hug and she's like, you don't, you don't want to do that quite yet. Right. And, and they sit down and, and Leslie very formally says, well, uh, so Dave, let's begin our conversation. And, and it like brings out these <laughs> note cards, these index cards and Okay, and Anne can't, so Anne breaks character. It's like, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. What's on right. the note cards? Well, they're they're possible topics of conversation, and Anne grabs them and <laughs> she's she's flipping through them. And the first the first few are clearly low hanging fruit because yeah. they're the first things that came to to uh, Leslie's mind, which yeah. go whales, fair mm-hmm. parades, sure. sure electricity yeah. why not and then mm-hmm. apparently the rest are blank because yeah. she couldn't think of it. what else is there to talk about <laughs> what else would you talk about on a first date oh my gosh i mean you know someone's background their childhood i mean crazy stuff like that no whales <laughs> we have a short talking head with am and it's kind of an interesting talking <laughs> head because a lot of times with the talking heads the the person who's having the talking head is a little sequestered from, yeah, they're in the background. Right, to where clearly nobody else can hear them or at least right. hear them easily. Yeah. In this case, she's still there at O'Neill's. She's in the bar just like a, a few steps away, far enough that Leslie probably isn't going to overhear her. But Leslie is clearly in the background and we can see and hear her. Yes. Um, And Anne's telling the camera just basically, oh, <laughs> Leslie's in worse shape than I thought. And then we see Leslie uh, in the background. She's like begins to laugh and gesture with her hands and and like turns her head from the talking head and turns her head around to stare at Leslie and 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 turns back to the camera and says, she practice laughing. Well, <laughs> so, yeah, she, she's a she's a piece of work there. And then I think from back here, we're, we're going to bounce back to the bullpen and Tom and Wendy walk in and. Tom's got something. Tom is there at the office and Wendy um, walks in to, I think, pick him up because they're going to go out for coffee or something like that. And, and, right. Uh, and, and, you know, Wendy's like, Hey, Tommy. And, and Tom, you know, are you ready? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, I am just give me a second. Hey, Donna. <laughs> hey, Donna, let me ask you something. Do you hate black people? And Donna's like, excuse me. Oh, because because apparently, Donna, in 1988, you donated money to the presidential campaign for David Duke. David Duke. And you hear April say in the background that the KKK guy and Donna's like, I got a phone call. They said he would lower taxes. <laughs> Tom's like, boom, um, he's uh, proud of himself. And then it's like, OK, let's good. go. Let's get some let's get some coffee. And they, they walk out and they run into Ron. And so he he's like, Rerun, you remember my wife Wendy? And like, oh, of course, yeah, hi. You know, ask her how things are going at the hospital. And um, she just got a, a pediatric surgery fellowship. So they're celebrating. because, uh, you know, Alan, she's super rich and super hot. So they have to celebrate. That that's Tom's reasoning. Um yep. and then they they leave, and that's when Tom has his little talking head that I've already mentioned about having a scientifically perfect 10-point scale of human human beauty. Um you know, Wendy clocks in at a 7.4 naturally, and uh, which is way right. too high for Tom, who is a 3.8. Right. A 3.8. <laughs> and just as a reminder, 10 is tennis legend Steffi Graf. Right. By which all things are measured. Of course. Well, you know, they do have the term love. 
This this is interesting to me because I know that in, in the, what we actually saw on screen and I've seen the script for this episode. And while it is probably 90% the same, it is in no way in the same order. Everything really? in the script happens. It's it's it, I think the script would have worked the way they actually did it, like they, they save some of the big stuff, the big reveals, the, the Tom marriage thing for later. And those happen very early in the script in the scripted version. So interesting. Um, I found that interesting. That is. Yeah. Yeah. So from here, I think we we're we're still in the bullpen. Um, then we've got a Ron talking head right after he has uh, been talking to Wendy and Tom and you see something on, t- on Ron's face. He's, he's starting to think something. Ron is really perplexed. There's this, if you go back and look, there's this look on his uh. face. Like he can't understand. This is, it's really right before his talking head about the, you know, the score for, for Wendy versus Tom. There's, it's more than that though. He, this is where I think he's starting to think, I wonder about this marriage, right? Something's up. Something yeah. is going to cause him at some point to go down that path and do that research. I think they're trying to get us ready for that. Like he's he, something doesn't add up for Ron here. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree. He did have kind of a funny look on his face. Like, you know, what is mm-hmm. this, what is going on here? Like, what's this about? And then after the talking head, we're, we're back at the restaurant. Leslie's like, hi, Dave. And this time Anne's, kind of acting annoyed like you're late and i can see your nipples through your dress leslie is kind of alarmed <laughs> and then so we're, we're we're as the audience you're kind of left like wondering like what is ann doing so we have a really super quick talking head with ann right and this time she really is alone so you know leslie isn't able to hear and she's like look in nursing school we took a psych course on how to treat phobias with a method called exposure therapy like if you're afraid of yep. snakes they immerse you in a tank of snakes so i'm going to immerse leslie in a <laughs> tank of bad date, bad so date. I, that, that, that's flawless <laughs> logic there as far as i can tell yep, um so they they go they go through this little exchange where she is just you know berating leslie you're 20 minutes late i almost left um god and, and then leslie's like clearly rattled and, and like, I don't oh, yeah. think that she's, she's got norm- her in a panic. And I don't think she's normally a liar, but I like, she's just starts coming up with anything she can to try and like, like ease through this. She was like, I was, uh, I was uh, dropping my niece off. <laughs> yeah. One, what's your niece's name? Uh, t- uh, Torpal. Torpal. Uh, what? I don't, what? I don't know. That's not a name. And, and then she's like, I don't have a niece. And then Anne sighs and Leslie pauses and thinks for a few seconds. My niece's name is. Stephanie <laughs> and um, so she's clearly rattled and and she's like look there's bread and she's like, like tries to pass bread to uh, Ann slash Dave and and knocks over the centerpiece and the table and now she's like completely flustered and the flowers are Anne's acting soup and Anne's acting annoyed and then Leslie's like um just I have to I have to go to the uh and she's snapping her fingers trying to remember you know the whiz palace <laughs> That's what I call it, Alan. I love the Wiz like, Palace. This is the first for the Wiz Palace, for sure. And you know, the day, the the place where you do the, you know, the the toilet uh, thing. And so she gets up, and she's clearly all flummoxed. Oh yeah. Um, and Anne is just staring at her, you know, pretending uh, to be very annoyed. Um, and and I didn't notice this until I rewatched this a second time. 
Leslie initially enters the men's room. Yeah, she goes straight to the men's room. <laughs> and then and then she reverses course when she realizes what she did, comes running back outside and says, as she's going from the men's room to the women's room, she calls right. out kind of loudly to Anne. Right. It's a bathroom. bathroom. I, I, I remember the word. It's called a bathroom. Then, you know, goes in. So she's having trouble. I like that there, there's even an extended version of this or a slightly variant in the deleted scenes, like you mentioned. And she does the same thing. She comes out and says, it's a bathroom. And then she and a waiter collide and all these dishes go flying everywhere and break. So um, it was even a little worse in the, the, the <laughs> cut that didn't make it to the screen. Oh, that yeah, I remember that. That was funny. Then I think from here, we're, we're back in the bullpen and we see Smug Jerry. I think it's maybe the first time that we uh, see that kind of confidence from Jerry and he thinks he's got something. Yeah, you know, I, I can't argue with that. I, I I had a little bit of a different interpretation, you know, that like you said, Jerry, so the, the, at the scene, Mark's Well, walking. he's been forced to play this game he doesn't want to play. And I right. think he's finally got this tidbit and he's kind of like, see? But, right, yeah. right. Yeah, he's definitely trying to play the game and it's it, and yet he's trying to play it in a calm, really kind of non-aggressive way, I, I would much. say. But in the scene, Mark is walking into the main uh, bullpen from the hallway and Jerry's seated at his desk. He's right near the door where Mark walks in and and, and Tom and Donna are standing around close by. And, and so Jerry, as Mark walks in, he's kind of trying to play the game, like you said, and he's got a little something. He's like, hey, Mark, uh, a little birdie told me <laughs> that you have uh, one unpaid parking ticket. Mm. And Mark just gets out the big guns and fires mm, like, back and says, well, that's funny because a little birdie told me that your adoptive mother was arrested for marijuana possession. And you hear Donna go, oh, snap. <laughs> and, you know, you see Jerry go, what? And at first, Mark's just like, oh, you didn't know that, huh? And Jerry's like, I I, I, I didn't know I was adopted. Like, you can oh. tell he's real, like, rattled. And yeah, Mark is just standing there, open mouth. He's yeah. completely stunned. Like, yeah. oh, no. Oh, Jerry. Oh, oh, Jerry. I'm so sorry, Jerry. And <laughs> it Jerry, took a dark turn really quick. He really did. Poor guy. And just like Jerry gets up from his desk, like, I really didn't want to play. play. I and tried to tell Mark, you guys. And Mark still, like, as he's leaving, is like, you, oh, oh my gosh, that was not my intention. And Tom's <laughs> such a jerk, but I'm starting to love him for it. He's like, he's like, <laughs> he t- no, yeah. Tom tells Tom tells Mark, "Hey, look, dude, it's not your fault. He totally baited you with that unpaid parking <laughs> ticket." <laughs> like that was an equivalent response. Yeah, yeah, equally measured. Oh my gosh! And then I think just like two or three seconds after Tom says that great line to Mark, that's right, he gets you, summoned you, into Ron's office. You, you hear from the background, Tom, could you come into my office? Like he's clearly really excited. If I didn't know better, I would have thought you just played the clip. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it a few times. Yeah. Um, and and Ron does something that I don't know if I recall him doing very often. Like t- Tom, one thing Tom does is he'll take parts of people's names and incorporate them into a little pun he version does. of his yes. name. And I don't typically see a lot of other people do that, particularly not Ron. No, he didn't usually play along, but he is. He is very tickled. excited. Yeah, oh, he's, he, yeah. he's, 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 he's brimming with, with mustache energy. And, and so <laughs> Tom comes into his office and he goes, 
tomato sauce. And Tom's yeah. like, okay, Ron Tanamo Bay. So, you know, that's fair. Um, and Ron basically says, you know, sit down and congratulate me for what? Well, winning the game. I just found out through some pretty impressive investigating that your wedding was a sham. It's a green card marriage. And at right. first, I think Tom assumes like a lot of people may yeah. assume because of his appearance that it's well, Leslie like, thought he was Libyan. Is he not? Well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so he's like, you know, look, I, I've told everybody I'm I'm I don't need a green card. I'm born in I was born in South Carolina. These colors don't run. Don't baby. Run. Yeah. And 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 Ron says he's so excited. He's like, yes, but Wendy was born in Ottawa, Canada. <laughs> he's so excited. Her visa was set to expire the day after you got married in front of three strangers and no family. And Tom's like he, he, his head goes down and he's just like, oh, OK, all right. We you know, we met in college. She wanted to work in the state. She couldn't get a permit. And you see Ron do this little he like pumps his fist up and down. He's so excited that he, he is he, excited. He's like, I knew it. I knew you couldn't get a wife as hot as her, which was a little jerky. Um, you know what? In my first, I actually wrote down sleazy Ron. Because of this very scene. Actually, Interesting. And actually, even it's going to go beyond this episode into, I think, the next episode. I, I don't like this. I don't like this this side of Ron at all. I got to I got to tell you, I know he's your favorite character of all and is one of mine as well. But I, I could have done without this. You know what? I, I agree with that. I, I, I think that I think that we're definitely seeing a journey for Ron's character and they are starting to do some great things with this character. I think yeah. that are going, that are going to be very, They're playing very around effective. though. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Right. That's a, mm -hmm. you, you nail it. They are playing around. And I think a lot of what they're doing is working very well. Eh, some of it, some of it not, yeah. you know, like for example, um, I, I, you know, I, I know I shouldn't like go forward into other seasons, but you know, by, by the end of the series for, for Ron to have any sort of, emoting like he did of excitement is yeah. is near is nearly unheard of except in like really quirky things right like you know snake the, juice yeah snake juice well that's a totally different thing he couldn't help himself there but i was thinking things like the scavenger hunt for leslie's birthday oh you know, yeah he gets tickled by things that you don't expect and i i like it when they do it that way versus this which is probably what more like what most guys would be like and ron isn't like most guys by the time he is the ron we know and love so See, i didn't I, like this i i think that that's a great point i know you like that i need some dollars under my mat but um <laughs> that no seriously that is a great point it's not that Ron can't get excited or emote, but if he does so, he needs to do it in a way that is non-traditional and yes. not like everybody else, because right. only then can you go, okay, he's a little bit of a weirdo, but we love him for it. Whatever. Exactly right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Um, so Tom is very concerned, uh, obviously, you know, now that Ron found out about this and he's like, look, I know look games aside, you can't tell anybody. Right. And, and Ron and, Tom's like, uh, or Ron, sorry, is uh, said, look, I'm not going to turn you in. Just admit I bested you. Right. And, and it's like, okay, fine. You bested me. Is that all? And, and then he, in a wonderfully quiet, stoic, and a little bit ominous, he's like, no, I'll have your wife tonight. <laughs> and Tom's like, what? And Ron pauses for a second and says, I'm just kidding. Get out of here. <laughs> this light made me laugh. 
Now, I do have to note, when you have someone in the situation that Tom was, now, bluster aside, I understand this is his personality, but if you have someone like Tom who has so much to potentially lose, why would you play this game which would beg people to put a spotlight on your life? Oh, I know. Well, and, you know, that was, I think that is one of the major obvious themes of the episode is this, you know, in politics, all things get aired. And, you know, you're right. I mean, Tom knows that this is something he would want to keep private. You don't think, I would think he would not have wanted to participate so vigorously. Right. Now, now. Just like Jerry has a bad intuition about this, you know what I mean? (laughs) Now, it's funny. So I, I'm, I'm only, I'm, I'm being persnickety about it. I love that they're doing it because it made a great vehicle to introduce these plot points. So I, yeah. I'm all for it, but you know, it does make a little bit of nonsense, but it does. That's all right. Yeah. So I think after this, we're, we're back at the, we're back at the restaurant and Anne is going to get back into this uh, playing Dave uh, and giving, you know, Leslie the worst possible sequence of first date things. Right, right. We, we come back to O'Neill's, like you said, and it appears that we're joining them in the middle of a horrible, horrible conversation with Leslie <laughs> responding to something that we as the audience don't hear. Yeah. And she's like, why would you say that, Dave? That dog was like my best friend. And when she died, it was one. So, you know, this very heartfelt, <laughs> like, like very emotional thing that Leslie's talking about. And right in the middle of it, and goes bring 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 picks up her phone hey tiffany and now i love this this is just a little nuance she's chewing and has decided that she's going to start chewing on something to 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 uh, make it very very obvious that she's really bored yeah so yeah yeah i definitely want to see you tonight tiffany no i can't really talk right now because uh i'm on a date with this drip you know uh, yeah yeah i yeah I, I i can ask uh um and then she turns to leslie hey um <laughs> she's chewing all this time because she's really uh-huh. bored hey you uh you want to watch a porno after this with me and my, my wife, wife. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty terrible first date scenario it really and, and leslie's and she's like yeah leslie's mad as well she should be she's like oh, no yeah, Dave, she, you're disgusting mm-hmm. and and it's like no you're disgusting and uh, no and and so ann's chewing mm-hmm. and staring at leslie and chewing and staring at leslie and she's like so it's definitely no <laughs> <laughs> and then leslie's had it she's like i don't understand why you're being so terrible we're just we're two people on a date it's supposed to be fun it's just a date and that's that's the magic words. And yep. Anne, break, Anne breaks character. She's herself again. And she's like, you're right. It is well done. You know? Yep. And and she's like, look, I'm sorry I had to get all uh, clinical and medical on you there. But <laughs> I hope you see that now, even if everything goes wrong, you're going to survive. And that's right. when Leslie slowly smiles and leans back in her chair. The Well, 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 you coy bastard. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, say what you will, as, mm. as crazy as that seemed, it seemed like it was effective. It worked uh, like she got into Leslie's headspace with that and gave her pretty much what she needed to get her confidence back, which was nice. You know, it's a good best exactly. friend move. Yeah. Right. Yep. Absolutely. I feel like that says a lot for Anne, by the way. I know that her character sometimes compared to some of the others can be a little bit straight laced and boring. 
but I, I thought that this was a really nice moment for Anne where she, well, she Anne clearly- is the everyone character, right? I mean, in something where you've got such absurdist comedy, you do need a character that kind of keeps things semi-normal. Otherwise the show is just wacky, right? Right. Um, Anne is one of the characters along with some others later that kind of bring you back to earth on the enough occasions to, you know, keep the show in line basically. Oh no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think that every every show can can benefit most times from a from a straight man, so to right. speak. And I think and she's Anne, been our moral compass so far too. That's true. And, and but, provided a couple roles. And I like I like instances like this because I think it shows how much Anne really loves Leslie. Yeah. I mean, as corny as that sounds, when you when you go back to the very beginning, like when they first met, yep. you know, you have you have Anne saying, "Well, she's doofy but sweet." Like she, you know, she seems nice. And then like they hung out a little bit, but like they would have lunch, but it was still kind of weird because they didn't know each other. And, right. And, but so then you, you see them having lunch more often. And then, yeah, you they're know, cementing their friendship here too. Right. And here it's obvious where Anne's willing to do this ridiculous amount of crap <laughs> just to get <laughs> Leslie past this. And it's really sweet, you know? Yep. Totally. Agree. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I think from here, we're, we're back. We're back at City Hall and uh, Tom comes into Mark's office. Yeah, Tom is um, he's not pleased with the way that things went with no. Rob. And uh, so basically he's like, Mark, you got to help me because I, I need to uh, even the scales. Ron's got something on me. I need something on him. Yeah, Mark, you hate Ron, right? <laughs> like, no, I, I think Ron is fine. Oh, well, good. So we're on the same page. Same page, yeah. <laughs> um and mark tries to resist a little bit going look i i think he still feels really bad about what happened with jerry and he said look i'm starting to feel gross about this like i don't like this game i i i, I want to stop doing this and right tom's like look it's not about the game anymore i need i need a, a an equalizer mm-hmm. i need something to balance the scales between me and ron and so that's when mark kind of relents and says well uh there's a man named duke silver he hangs out at a bar in Eagleton. He's old friends of Ron's. Uh, maybe you should ask him. And that's that's the only information he gives Tom. Yep. Just so enough. Tom, yep. Tom's like, thanks, man. And so he's off. He's going to go do some digging and going to be worms all over the place afterwards, whatever. Right. Yeah. And now I think, um, you know, the the date is over. They're, Anne and Leslie are going to go to this place called the Oxwood Inn and have some drinks to celebrate, uh, you know, getting Leslie, Leslie's confidence back and getting her ready for the state. That's right. That's right. They, the, one of the first things that we see uh, at uh, the Oxwood Inn is... Um, I love how it's spelled N-I-N. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This. Those those funny uh, yeah punny and uh, spelling maybe isn't their thing. You know, I was just wondering. I don't think that we know this for sure. If if Oxwood Inn is in Pawnee or Eagleton. Oh, great point. Um, well, we know Tom's headed to Eagleton because of oh, the that's advice, right. But yeah, I I got confused. Yeah, it's in Pawnee. I'm sure you're right. Knowing Leslie, she wouldn't go to Eagleton unless she had to. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. So the, the first thing they have is a little talking head with Leslie, very brief. And basically she's, she said exactly what I was saying before. She's like, Anne is so awesome. I'm lucky to have a friend who would spend a whole day being mean to me, right. you know, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, great line. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and she, you know, she's relaxing. She's drinking a beer. And the next scene, um, Anne is at like the, the bar proper. Um, and I think she has shots maybe waiting for her and Leslie and, um, Leslie is walking up to the bar 
and dressed in her original clothes and throws the black outfit at, at uh, Anne and says like, you know, here, catch, you know, I, I don't need your dress anymore. I'm going to wear my own stuff, you know, me power. And right. Anne's really proud of her. Like, oh, well, good. You're, you're officially first date proof. And they, they, they clink shot glasses and gulp them yep. down. Yeah. And, and I think is trying to cement um, her confidence and just like, look, it's impossible that he's not going to like you. You know, you, right. he, he's, you're, you're awesome. He's going to freak out over how awesome you are. And during a lot of this exchange, Leslie is kind of eating pretzels in a, <laughs> let's, let's just say a very awkward manner. And she's like, yeah, yeah I'm awesome. <laughs> and she has clearly had a few drinks. So, yeah. And, and they're, uh, so, you know, they're pumping each other up and, and, you know, Anne's like, you're so awesome. He's going to love you. And Leslie's like, no, you're awesome. And so, you know, that's nice. And they, they end up hugging. Um, you know, there's and- a scene in here that is in the script that did not make it. And it's not in the deleted scenes either that I loved. I'm just going to just tell you Ooh. about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and d- kind of doubles down. And, you know, in, in addition to the lines we did hear that you just mentioned, she's trying to build Leslie's confidence. And she says, look, I want you to hear me on this. Most first dates are train wrecks. Andy took me to the state fair. I paid for everything because he forgot his money and his other wallet. And then he rode the Graviton without me four times and threw up candied turkey leg all over me. <laughs> Beat. And then we dated for three years. <laughs> so Wow. I thought that was hysterical. I, I would have kept that in personally. But it's again, it's another example of, you know, Anne trying to say, hey, look, you know, how bad could it be? <laughs> See, I, that that's very, very interesting. Not only would I have kept that in there because it's kind of funny, but yeah. I also would have kept it in there because it, it just for a very brief moment, it fleshes out a little bit more of the universe like the 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 pre and getting to know leslie timeline like how you know because they're sharing each other's secrets and building this friendship yeah yeah because it up until this point you know until that little nugget of information i really wasn't quite sure if Anne had you know dated andy for like six months or 10 years or i mean i really wasn't sure so that that at least gives a little little bit of flavor yeah 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 well, I think from here um, we we cut back and you know the 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 friendship drinking is over and Leslie has now arrived at Dave's house for some reason. Confusing. Yes, uh, there is a lot of celebration and um, the celebration has wound up in Leslie being extremely confident. Hashtag drunk. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so she thinks in her little drunk Leslie mind that maybe that it would be a good idea. Uh, to go up to Officer Dave's house because why not? Well, Anne has pumped her up so much that she's like, you know, hey, I'm pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm and I go need tell to, him. Yeah, and th- th- now this is going to happen. And and <laughs> she like walks up to his house, and so you know what? Interesting point here. So she walked from the bar to his house. I have to assume that this bar is somewhat close to his house. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely obviously in Pawnee and, you know, I don't think it's a huge town, so probably not miles. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, she, she's knocking on his door and, and at first she's like, help, help, police help, which I'm like, (laughs) Oh, that probably isn't a good thing. It's funny, but but, (laughs) man, like, yeah, in retrospect, if you weren't drunk, I'd have to say that was a poor choice, but yeah, you know, 
Dave finally answers the door. So, by the way, you know, I love this the, sequence. The the, the 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 famous Mark brokenness would have had me ordinarily putting timelines uh, on this at some point. This is probably like I don't know, ten at night, eleven at night. This is this is probably pretty late. Is we, my guess. I, I think we know kind of because of a scene that's going to happen after this that I think is probably in parallel, if not sequential, and you know. Mark is going to show up at Anne's here in a minute. And she mentions the time being about 1148 PM. So I think for oh, Leslie okay. at, at um, Dave's house, I'm assuming it's in the same time frame. Pretty late. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. with, yeah, definitely. It's dark. going to add to the awkwardness of what's about to happen. If that's even possible. It, it's, it's definitely dark and it's late enough that someone showing up at someone's house would come as a surprise. Yes. If they weren't, if they weren't aware that someone yeah. was coming over. Yeah. You know, um, late enough. Someone might actually be asleep if they have to be up early the next day. <laughs> right. Or they're just old. Like we are. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry, Shoney. Um, here, here's some hard candy. Um, <laughs> Get off my lawn. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. your lawn is where all the hard candy. It doesn't matter. Okay. So <laughs> Leslie knocks on his door and, and Dave answers the door and he's not really sure what to make of the situation. He's yeah. like, hey. And, and Leslie, to your point, Alan, Leslie is telling him, you know what? Uh, I, I, I feel you should know I'm awesome and you're lucky to have me. And I think, I mean, but drunk. Um, yes. She's saying this very slurring and stuff. You know, I think our first date tomorrow is going to go awesome. Off the charts. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, up, top. up top and then and then i think dave <laughs> reluctantly maybe gives her a high yeah. five and then leslie's and then this confused me leslie's this. leslie's like all right let's do this bitch i'm not scared <laughs> and and i have to admit when she did that so now i'm wondering like is she wanting to start the first date now like i'm well, not in sure the script it literally said i'll go on the date right now drunkenly see, see i cut think, it up i think for for me <laughs> Because, you know, duh. Yeah. I think that would have helped me to like cement that because otherwise I thought maybe yeah. she was just going over there to say, hey, I'm not scared anymore, which, okay. I mean, maybe she did say it. If she did, it's so under her breath. We don't hear that line delivered. But I think, again, if it, it was either cut or heard better, yeah, like, okay, why is she here? Right. You know, Right. Right. But either way, it's funny. It's and like then, you know. And then, you know, she, she's, she's coming through like a freight train, like a juggernaut, like, all right, let's do this. I'm not scared. And then quickly right. like, uh, can, can, can I come in and sit down for a little bit? Cause I walked here cause right. you know, the, the, the drinking and uh, Dave's like, he doesn't know what to make of any of this at this point. No. He's like, I, I, I don't know. And then one of, one of my favorite lines that Leslie has, she's like, I do know I'm coming inside. So move. Okay. And then you, you make a bit and she knows there's a saying that sounds like this and she screws it up. And I love oh, it. Yeah. She's like, yeah, move out of my way. You make a better door than a guy. guy. <laughs> close, close. Uh, no. <sighs> And I think that's where we end act two and uh, we're, we're going to hit the top of act three, which we're going to start off at Cozy's uh, with Tom following up on the little tidbit of advice that Mark gave him. Right, right. Tom doesn't know what exactly is going on at this point. And, and you know what? Mark didn't exactly tell him what bar. So he may have been going from bars to bar oh, all night. Yeah, um, we don't know. That's a great point. But he's, you know, so Tom's at the bar proper and he's talking to the bartender and he's like, look, this is going to sound weird. I'm looking for a guy named Duke Silver. And the bartender nods and says, yeah, he goes on in a second. Okay, so now Tom knows 
he's got the right place. He's at the right place. I think you're right. I think he's been meandering around and, uh, you know, all the bars in Eagleton. And if he did it alphabetically, he's at Cozy's with the C. So he didn't have to search long. <laughs> that's that's a good point. <laughs> that's how I would have done it. And so then, you know, a, a few seconds later, uh, an announcer comes out onto the stage and goes up to the mic and says, ladies, 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 it's about that time. It's with the jazziest pleasure that I bring you out from my man, Mr. Duke Silver. And the, the Ron, Ron of all people comes walking out on stage in a hat and carrying a saxophone and the crowd yes. goes nuts. And most of them are like middle-aged women that are swooning over him. And, and Tom, <laughs> Tom looks at the stage. He does his open mouth grin, which is ridiculous. And I love it first at Ron on that. stage and then directly at the camera. Like, Oh, this is too good for words. I got to do my open mouth grin. So, you know, how happy I am. And uh, <laughs> Ron, Ron as Duke silver, you know, smooth as silk. And like, thank you, Dwayne. As always, it is a thrill yeah. to be here during this witching hour with you lovely ladies. Now relax <laughs> and let the Duke Silver Trio take you on a little journey to yourself. <laughs> it's so deliciously cheesy that. and this the crowd is just eating it up. Um, yeah. And this so Ron, whole part, by the way, is barely in the script at all. I, I, they must have added it later or written it on the fly in the dailies. But yeah. Interesting. Um, and that, that's about yeah. it for that scene. I think that Ron starts to play with the band and, you know, you see Tom um, excitedly and clearly taking photos and videos of Ron playing as Duke Silver yes. on his phone. I, I assume ready to bamboozle Ron with, you know, threats of saying, look, I got something on yeah. you now. Clearly. Yeah, we get an old tech alert here with the BlackBerry. But other than that, yeah, he's got a little camera <laughs> phone snap of him and uh, he is grinning from ear to ear for sure. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I think we're ahead, about to head back to Dave's house. But before we do that, Mark, why don't we take our second break and we'll be right back. Great call. All right. We'll be right back. Ladies, are you fans of smooth jazz? How about an even smoother jazz saxophone player? Would you like to relax, let your hair down and experience sonic love? Hello, this is Ron Swanson. If you answered yes to any of the above questions, then I have the perfect nighttime destination for you and your lady friends. Cozy's Bar is located at 829 Division in Eagleton, Indiana. And while I don't normally recommend crossing the Pawnee border into Eagleton, I do recommend Cozy's. Aside from pool tables, great food, talented bartenders, and a great selection of scotch, you can also experience the jazz saxophone stylings of Mr. Duke Silver on the first Thursday of every month, and occasional days here and there in between. Showtimes are at 9 p.m. on weekdays and 9.30 p.m. on weekends, unless the Colts happen to be on the big screen. Cozy's also has all three of Duke's albums for sale, Smooth as Silver, Hi-Ho Duke, and his latest offering, The Memories of Now. So the next time you lovely ladies need to get away from the tedium of everyday life, meander down to Cozy's during the witching hour, relax, unwind, and follow Duke Silver Trio on a little journey to yourself. In the words of Duke Silver, Come see me. Come talk to me. Come love with me. 
and maybe we can walk through fire together. <clears throat> uh, yes, uh, thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. All right, I think, Mark, we just left Cozy's. Ron has been discovered by Tom, and now we're back at Dave's house, and we're going to get to see a little bit of Crazy Drunk Leslie. Oh, and Crazy Drunk Leslie is one of the best types of Leslie. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> um, yeah, Dave is still clearly nonplussed at all this. Like, he's trying to handle this delicately, but I don't think he knows what to make of all this. And, you know, Leslie's kind of just telling him about the about the day and she says you know Anne was helping me because I was panicking about tomorrow and at first he's like I did I did I say something to make you worry about it and she's like no no the first just the whole idea of first dates kind of freaks me out right um, but not anymore I, I can't believe that she's like you said she's so confident right and she said I I can't even believe that I was scared to go out on a date with you I mean you you should be scared of me and then he panned out the date he's like uh, <laughs> he oh, okay be. okay <laughs> And then I think she notices that, you know, her sweater shirt combo, she thinks the shirt is fused to the sweater or something. And, you know, he needs to point that, that out. Yeah, that, that's pretty yeah. goofy. Well, I was going to say, uh, you, you kind of set this up, whether you meant to or not earlier, you talked about when I think they're at O'Neill's and Anne has got this talking head and Leslie's in the background and we see her and we're close enough to hear her. But, you know, she and first of all, she's probably already starting to get a little drunk. She cannot hear Anne now. This talking head has got the same setup. Leslie's about to want to talk to the camera crew about what's going on live and in person here with Dave, but she can't be more than three feet away. And actually, you want to play the clip because it's pretty funny. Yes, I do. Please do. All right. Let's play it real quick. I think it's going pretty well with Dave. He wants me. I can totally tell that he wants me. <laughs> I'm right here. You know I'm here, right? <laughs> you see my bra? Hmm? Hey, bro. Yes. <laughs> I love that because it's just like she 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 doesn't know that he can hear her and she probably didn't even just hear him say that he can hear her. Well, you know, you know what? I'm so glad you brought this up because I was going to talk about this, too. And I noticed something that I, I thought was also it, it struck me about this. Um, you know, we've talked about talking heads and how more often than not, the person doing the talking head is kind of sequestered from other people or a little bit distanced right. or, yeah. or whatever, they not always, aside. but typically. Um, so in this case, what happens is, and I watched this closely, I'm almost positive this is the case. You know, we've talked about the documentary crew and like, why would they be in right. the right spot at the right time? We blah, blah, blah. We've talked about that. So right. clearly if, if you accept the premise that the documentary crew is inside officer Dave's house filming all this, that, so that's right. a done deal. You've accepted sure. that as the audience. Yeah. Otherwise we wouldn't Leslie, see it. Right. That's the general rule right. of this documentary style. Sure. Right. So Leslie is, is telling Dave about this, uh, the sweater that has fused with the shirt and, and he responds saying, okay, I think that's a sweater shirt combo, which is funny. Mm -hmm. So Leslie is literally facing him as, as he says that to her yeah. and she, she, all she does is she turns from Dave simply turns 90 degrees. That's it <laughs> yeah. to the camera for what would be a typical talking head, except right. Dave is still freaking right there. Yeah. And that's where she's like, I think it's going pretty well with Dave. And Dave's like, what? <laughs> he wants me. I'm right here. <laughs> he, yeah, he wants me. Beep, boop. 
Um, and then when she's done with what she considers the talking head, yeah, she turns 90 degrees, degrees back to Dave. Yeah. And that that was the degree <clears throat> of separation or sequestering that happened, just her turning, and now Dave's clearly gone. Yeah. yeah. And so it's the camera crew as far as she's concerned, right? They don't yep, exist anymore. Exactly. No, that's great. A lot of those, almost all the talking heads, I think, you know, if you kind of get, you know, meta about this or break them apart, they they the person giving the talking head is usually answering a question interview style of some nature that clearly has been asked to them here leslie she just she they're there she it's like social commentary she's just gonna like she's narrating what's happening yeah she's gonna proffer this information without being you know i love it requested by anything yeah yeah so i think at this point we're still at dave's house and you know it's pretty clear she's drunk and he's like you know what let me give you a lift home yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that, that it it does it goes about as well as you would think, you know. Uh, she doesn't really want to go, but she's not going to fight yeah. him, and and then she's like distracted by every little thing, and all of a sudden she puts on well, an English a, a accent. Lift is an elevator, right? So yeah, she's going to give him an elevator home, <laughs> and then we yeah. get this crazy drunk British accent. I love. Yeah, I, out of nowhere. Um, actually, you know what? The, the first time we heard this, this is just very brief. When um, I don't know if this is a callback oh. to this or not, but when when Leslie first right. goes over to Anne's place and she's trying on Anne's clothes That's and she right. comes out with it, and I didn't even mention this, but the, she comes out in the black dress and Anne says something like, "Will you be wearing this out of the store, Madame?" You know, acting right. like a very professional. And then all of a sudden, apropos of absolutely <laughs> right. nothing. Leslie puts on this Cockney accent and yes, governor, I think I will. And like, Anne is, I, I know for a fact, I saw in Anne's eyes, she's thinking to herself, you are one of the three most bizarre people in the world, but I love you. Yep. Yeah. So, she, and she's trying on the accent again here. <laughs> and yeah, I love I that she, she isn't sure that we know it's a British accent. So she tells us. <laughs> yeah. This is an English accent. And, uh, which I just did a horrible English accent there. I don't know. That sounded like it was more from the South. Um, pretty much like hers though. Yeah. It's about as good. Yeah. Um, so then I, I think at that point, this is, that's pretty close to the end of that story for that night. I don't think that we have, we visit anybody else in terms no. of the Leslie first date, Dave storyline. Right. The practice for that date. Night. Yeah. Right. Practice dates over. Um, and I think the next time we see Dave, it's going to be the next day. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, so from here we cut back, we're at the office. Um, I guess Mark's working late, which seems out of character for Mark to me, because he's about to show up at Ann's and we're going to learn what time it really is. And, but he's at work. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was odd, but you know, the reason they do it, I think is because he's, he's seeing a little more of this. uh, There's a talk show on It's some pundits talking about Dexart and I can't believe he's getting away with this and his wife should leave him. And, you know, it's, it's Mark's opportunity to react to that. I think is the only thing it does for us. That's exactly right. I think that, you know, the, the, the constant, uh, TV covering of the of the Dexart sex scandal. Just yeah. everybody's talking about it, and yeah. you know it's one of those times where he's trying cave to work gate, to, right? The, the cave gate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! And uh, so it prompts him to, I think, think about you know, gosh, what if I maybe I should tell 
Ansem's us. So the next thing we see is a, is a cutaway to Anne's front porch where yeah. it, it, I, Mark has probably knocked on the door and I think Anne's already answered and she's like, hey, can I help you at, oh, you're right, they do show the time. Yeah, hey, can I help you at 11.48 p.m.? And then Mark, in what I think was intended to be a very sweet moment, just kind of semi-blurts out <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff like you know okay here here's the whole thing here are all my skeletons when i was 16 right. i had sex with the married women and in college i smoked a decent amount of pot uh and then he, she he's about to go on past that and yeah. Anne's like what are you what what are you doing <laughs> and then he's like what i'm doing is i i'm trying to try to tell you i've done some stuff i'm not very proud of and i like you and i would rather you not find out about this dexart style from right from from anybody but me and then he pauses and says oh this is this is this is a bad idea (laughs) and i think i think Anne thinks it's weird but i think she gets it yeah i agree you know and she's like no no it's fine i get what this is and why you did it and and mark you know i guess equal opportunity he's like you know is there anything that that you would like to share from your past maybe to sort of uh balance Balance the the scales scales. and Anne's like you know yeah there is there's one time this guy rang my doorbell at midnight to brag about getting laid when he was 16 and so i shot him (laughs) so mark smiles and he's backing away he's like good night that does it yep But I think this is good. I mean, because as much as we kind of talked about this a little bit prior episodes, you know, we felt like maybe this Anne Mark thing was kind of getting pushed on us um, because the Anne or the Mark Leslie thing wasn't working out. And, you know, again, small town, small pool dating opportunity, I suppose, you know, and so it's not totally crazy that these two might get together. So I think what we're seeing here is a little bit of, you know, again, it's kind of like Anne and Leslie's relationship and friendship growing and kind of getting something on which to base that friendship here. Again, it's a a nice moment between Mark and Anne where he's trying to be, you know, a nice guy and kind of say, Hey, look, I'm not perfect. And, you know, in the spirit of the Dexart thing, I, I, I don't want, you know, if you hear about any of these things that come out of everybody trying to dig up dirt on me, I don't want you to hear them from them. I want you to hear it from me. So I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of nice. And, you know, it's going to give some plausibility to them dating, I think. I completely agree. You know, I I, I think that it feels like, like you said, it's it's less forced on us about Ann and Mark. If um, I, I, what am I trying to say? I think Ann would have an easier time accepting Mark's blemishes if, he addresses the blemishes and then that makes us as an audience be more sympathetic and be like all right he's he's self-aware you know he's 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 trying so yeah yeah, i thought that was a good scene yeah mark mark's growing on me at this point and um you know i had some strong objections season one so i'm I'm glad they're doing this to kind of make him uh you know draw his character out in a better way I, i still would say i'm probably not i won't call myself a fan of Ann and Mark, but I'll say no. that if if the writers are determined to do the best that they can with Mark and Ann, all right, they're not they're not doing bad. Yeah, no, I agree. I get it. If we if we've got to do this, let's at least make it uh, tolerable. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. So from here, Mark heads off. He's gotten the message. We're we're back at Cozy's, and Duke is on stage, and I think he's he's just finished up his his yeah he's his, wrapping his, up his set exactly right yeah. Um, and and again, just really silky smooth. <laughs> it's been a real gift making Sonic love to you tonight. <laughs> if you that. if you want more of the Duke, both <clears throat> my albums are here. 
smooth as silver and <laughs> I love this one. Hi ho, Duke. Have you? Uh, I've got to find this. Surely somebody has gotten art for this, but it's it's him kind of riding oh. a saxophone like a bucking bronco. <laughs> <laughs> I would give anything to have a full size poster of Hi Ho Duke in my office. Well, I know what you're getting for Christmas. Oh, sweet, excellent. Um, and uh, and then you know, and look for my new CD next month. The memories of now of now, which is great. <laughs> And then, and then he finishes up again. I just, it's so cheesy and over the top. I love this. He's like, yeah. so come see me, come talk to me, come love with me. And maybe we can walk through fire together. Thank you. Good night. So and, the, and the audience goes nuts. They're just eating it up. And um, I think that the, the you, you assume maybe a couple minutes have passed. And and I think yeah. Tom or, or Ron has a line of people in front of him that I think are looking for uh, 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 an autograph, yeah. or, you know, from him. Yeah. The house full uh, of forty to sixty year old women. That's right. <laughs> and Tom walks up, you know, from the side and says, "Duke, huge fan." And you know, his voice is very distinctive. And so Ron, as Duke. Yeah. slowly looks up at Tom <laughs> and oh, like he knows crap. the jig is up here. <laughs> yeah. I love it. He's been caught. He's, he's been caught. And then I think, so then we cut again, this is probably just a few minutes later, but we cut a little, just a little bit later. Yeah. Um, Ron is sitting with Tom and he's doing a shot of something because God damn it. And, and uh, so Ron says, uh, you know, look, Tom, I imagine that you're going to want to tell everybody about this. And Tom is just grinning like a <laughs> maniac. Um, and you're like, I've been, I've worked hard to cultivate a certain, you know, image around the office, blah, blah, blah. And a, a woman fan comes up and I guess kind of interrupts him, but I mean, it's, it's Duke silver for crying out loud. And she's like, can't, can I get a picture? I love this. Yeah. Ron's like, sure. And, and, and she, she hands Tom her camera and Tom says, say, I bested you. <laughs> and Ron doesn't, but the woman fan is like, I know I bested you. <laughs> so, all right. She goes, Ron, thanks her for loving the Duke. And, you know, basically they both end with knowing the other, it's, it's like assured destruction at this point. Yeah. Right. So they're, like, they're truce, truce. Truce. Yeah. yep, absolutely. That's kind of where yeah. that ends. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And then after after this scene, I think it is now the next day. We're back at City Hall and we start off in the office. And I think Tom and Leslie are having a brief conversation when Dave walks in. Right, right. Like you said, next morning at City Hall, um, apparently Leslie's been telling Tom about what happened the day before. Yeah, the because disaster. the first lines we hear from them is Tom telling Leslie you're kidding me, you know? And then Leslie's <laughs> like, no, I'm not like you showed up at, let me get this straight. You showed up Leslie at this guy's house in the middle of the night drunk and you didn't even sleep with him. And Leslie says, should I have? And he's like, it never hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, how much more embarrassing could it have been? Officer Dave walks into Leslie's office and he's like, Hey, and Leslie's kind of like, Hey, like she's, she's surprised to see him. Yeah. And Tom is way way too excited for his own good and he's like hey like he loves all this yeah he, he he's he's the fly on the wall he wants to see this go down so dave comes in and says you know hey uh you you know you left a lot of stuff at my place last <laughs> night you got a purse and earrings and a 
and a, and a, and a shoe. <laughs> and and Leslie's clear. He's got like for. a Kroger bag full of stuff. <laughs> it's like a hobo baggins, right? Hobo baggins. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta love in jokes. And yeah. so Leslie's horse. I hope to be a part of one one day. <laughs> Sorry, oh, believe me, office. you are. <clears throat> um. So Leslie's horrified. She's just apologizing and like, look, on my list of embarrassing things I've done in my life, that's one through seven. Like, like that's I totally yeah. understand if you want to cancel. She's completely apologetic. And Dave's kind of like, you know what? It's okay. You can uh, make it up to me tonight on our second date. Yeah. And that that makes her pause. And she's like, second? And he's like, yeah. And this was a really nice moment, I thought, for Officer Dave. He's like, well, yeah, you know, last night was our first date. And so that would make... Uh, tonight our second i'm really looking forward to it you know uh, what do you say to eight leslie's kind of smiling you know okay and so they're kind of grinning at each other and no, I, I like this moment too and and dave's like uh, <laughs> yeah dave's like do you like dancing and leslie's like yeah and dave's like i i i i don't i'm a, i don't I'm like a, dancing. I, I, I don't like dancing <laughs> and she's like well we don't we don't have to go like okay um and then the, i think it ends with her having a brief talking head from her office, Leslie, yes. uh, saying, you know, like, well, we went on our first date and I didn't even know it. AKA, I nailed it. See, she does AKAs too. She um, does. As AKA, I nailed it. Uh, no fires, no ambulances, just good old fashioned showing up drunk at a guy's house late at night. Been there. So that that's, that's the end of that uh, scene. And then I think all that's left in the episode then is the, uh, what we like to call the kicker. Yes. Which is a great um, kicker. I love this sequence. And I noticed something, by the way, mechanically speaking, it seems as though for the past few episodes, they've been having it where they don't have the outro music, but instead they have no music and they play credits in the background during the kicker, which I, I suppose lets them make more efficient use of the space. So I'm not criticizing them for it. I'm just observing it. You know what I mean? No, that's true. Um, yeah, get the maximum length. I mean, these things are usually right at 21 and a half minutes, no, right. no more, maybe a couple seconds, but, you know, certainly not 22 minutes, um, you know, because you got to get your commercials in. So, yeah, exactly. they make the most of it for sure. And it's a great kicker, too. Yeah, it, April is in the bullpen in the office. And uh, as many people throughout this whole thing, she's watching Councilman Bill Dexart on TV and he's <laughs> continuing to speak. Um during his uh, probably one of many press conferences, I guess, or maybe it's the same one. I don't know. And, you know, he's like, however, I want to be clear. I have no plans to resign. And and uh, there's an April talking head in the office in one, one of the offices. So she's kind of closed in, you know, just with her and the camera crew. And she's like, is it weird that my feelings are hurt, that no one's found any dirt on me? And then she she turns her head 90 degrees as though to address the rest of the office in general. And she's like, hello, I drove a riding lawnmower through a Nordstrom. <laughs> and then in, in the uh, in the for the video for this, we see a recorded video clip yeah, playing of a security camera footage, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and then she says, there's video that I took. It's on the Internet, you know, and and as she's saying this and kind of yelling how annoyed she is, Donna walks by and it clearly not paying attention or noticing. Right. And, and April is just disgusted. And she finally turns to the camera crew and just says nothing. <laughs> like they, they don't want to know from her doing weird stuff, even when she put it out there. 
Um, and then the very last like five second scene. Yeah. Tag, I think yeah. they're, I think they're all going home for the day. And Tom walks by Jerry's desk and apparently someone had told Tom that one of Jerry's many, uh, uh, his hidden, list, yeah. hidden, hidden on yeah. this dirt list. Yeah. Is that he had plastic surgery at some point. And Tom's like, Jerry, really plastic surgery. And at this point, Jerry is very beaten down and oh. sad and deflated. And he's like, Oh, Bad day. I got hit by a fire engine. <laughs> and, and at this point where he's saying this about the fire engine, Tom has walked on. Cause he didn't yeah. care. And April now is walking by when Jerry gives this quip about how he got hit by a fire engine. And April says, you are so lucky. <laughs> and Jerry just turns and goes, how? And it ends. Jerry has been so beaten down at this point. Oh, man. He never wanted to play and he made it clear. And now we know why. <laughs> yep. And that's it. You know, I think the only other thing to mention here before we get into scoring is, uh, you know, this, I mentioned the script a couple of times and I don't always have these, but when I, when I can get my hands on them, I always do. Um, the tag on this is, uh, or, you know, the button, the whatever, uh, the thing at the end um, is totally different in the script. It's more Duke hmm. Silver. Uh, it's like, you know, sometimes they'll do a kind of out of sequence um, bit, right? You know, from earlier in the day or the day before at the end of the episode, um, Office does that a ton. This is one of those where I think we were we were going to have flashback to what happened at Cozy's the night before. And there were six more women talking heads about Duke Silver. Oh, my. Um, and I, I can understand. One says, you know, Duke Silver is the sexiest man alive. And the other one then says, I can only listen to his CDs while my husband's at work. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then a third woman says, my kids think I'm at a book club. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom goes, he is the die for. And uh, a fourth woman says, I vacuumed a hi-ho Duke. I make love to smooth the silver. <laughs> Oh, my God. And then a fifth woman says, I made my husband grow a mustache like Duke's. It's just not the same. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. And then finally, that. the last woman says, he makes me feel dirty. <laughs> oh. Then Ron looks at, or, yeah, Ron looks at the camera and winks and uh, says, you ladies have a good night. And they cut to black. Wow. So that was what was scripted. Pretty funny, but, you know, I, I really like the April bit here at the end when the, the writing one more. Right. They, they had to have fun setting that up. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, I, that does sound funny what you described with like, you know, little, little Dukeisms at the end there, but I feel like they hit, they hit that particular note. Yeah. Hard enough, say, yeah. Hard enough. Could, yeah. could they have gone more with this, with that in this episode? I, I guess, but you know yeah. what? You you and I know that they're going to revisit this quite yeah. a bit in the future. So that, I, I, I like having lots of small drinks versus one big gulp. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right. Well, let's get into our scoring then. I know that you know. Uh, I, I've we've all heard now. Where I think where this is episode eight for us. Episode nine. Uh, this is episode nine. This is episode nine. So, well, no, you know, this is uh, see, now you're making me do math, and math uh -oh. is hard. This is 10. This is episode 10. Holy cow, where is time gone? So, in 10 episodes, we, we've gone through this really complex set of scoring uh, minutiae that you like to, to tell us about. 
how did you come to your score this week, Mark? Oh man, with a, with great care and deliberation. Um, you know, I, I, I want to say just a, just a couple notes about why I scored it the way I did. First sure. of all, this was a great episode. I'm just going to say that first and foremost. You know, yeah. I, I, th- I think I mentioned, I remember this episode slightly, but as I watched it, I realized I forgot a lot of the details. It was very enjoyable to see this. Um, I, I feel like in this episode, they did a great job of, A, using their very deep comedic bench. Fantastic. And that includes, by the way, applause around to Donna and Jerry, who are yes. characters that I really look forward to seeing in their own right. Um, Not necessarily like- Donna or Jerry's stories here, but we got some story about each of them and they were part of the gang. And uh, yeah, no, it was great to see them and get some screen time. That's right. That's right. And, and you know what? I like the way that you just put it. So five more dollars um, that, that that I think that it really feels like they're part of the gang now more yeah. than just like incidental background characters, you know, exactly right. Yep. And I, I also like for this episode, they're able to really flesh out um, the Parks and Rec universe more in general. And I'll specifically say for the Ron and Tom characters, it gives them a lot more background. It, it I think helps us understand they're a little bit more multifaceted. There's more going on here. Um, and I think that it's it's kind of this positive domino effect where if you make the universe richer and the lore, if you will, uh, richer, it gives you the ability to tell more entertaining and more complex stories, which, uh, again, I know this is a sitcom, so come on. I mean, no reason to get that serious about it, but it, I like it when the stories are actually kind of interesting and meaningful, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that, um, you know, Mark shows some very uh, human sides to himself. Uh, so I really like what they did with him. Um, I, I thought that Leslie and Ann both had a very uh, sweet moments. I, I like where Leslie appears more human and not just like this over the top caricature of herself. Yeah, but, but, you know, but she's a she's a good person <clears throat> at heart. And so is Ann. And so it was, it was fun seeing all this, um, you know. April, not a lot happened with her, but I, I always just love her in the little scenes she's in. She's great. So all this, you know, I, I like to say, you know, there's two yardsticks, one for comedic, one for the heart or the plot. And, and I, I thought this was great. I mean, first of all, Ron's back. Hello. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> yay. Um, and uh, I did notice that Andy wasn't present, which is, which no is Andy. too bad. Yep. Credit only. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, there's not a lot to deduct from this. Um, I, I think maybe the parts where Leslie was freaking out about the date in Anne's house, eh, maybe they were going a bit long and starting to drag, but really this is nitpicking. Okay. So here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to give it a four as a base score, but not shocking. You're, you're not going to believe this sound. There's going to be some bonus points. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give a, a bonus point for the return of Dave Sanderson as Louis CK. I really like him and his character. I think he's a, sure. he's a good pairing with Leslie at this point. I think he's really funny on his he own. Yeah. I'm going to give, I'm going to give a whole point for Duke silver. I mean, that part yeah. of that's because I'm so excited that Ron's back. Um, but I love Duke silver as well. It's just, it's craziness. Um, I'm going to give a, a point for the way that they've introduced into the plot. Tom sham marriage. I really like this way that this is fleshed out. Tom, um, I'm going to take away half a point for Andy being missing, but I'm going to add back half a point for Ron coming back. (laughs) So, so the two kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. Net net. Yeah. 
Yeah, net net. Um, so if you yeah. add that up, for God, I got a lot of numbers here. Um, four yeah. plus one plus one plus one minus half plus half. Uh, my final score is my official high score of the uh, of so it far. It's a seven little Sebastians. I, I think that this one is is deserving of that. I think it was strong in nearly. I don't know that I would say that this is the strongest episode in any one particular category, but I think it was very strong in all of them. I think that's one of the reasons this scored so high for me. So back to you, Alan. I, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, you tend to build up from some sort of base toward your score. I think I tend to tear down from the perfect score, you know, the Steffi graph, if you will. Um, you know, this wasn't quite a Steffi. Um, you've got Crazy. it at Aphrodite level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got it at Aphrodite level, which I think is appropriate. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think the overall, uh, you know, the the trifecta, if you will, the three pairs, right? We had uh, Leslie and Dave. Um, we had um, Leslie and Anne, right? Um, and we had um, really just kind of like the gang, you know, if you will, um, on all three of those fronts, I felt like, uh, and even, even Mark and to some degree, and, and maybe that's the third, I guess, of the, 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 the duos. And then the, the gang is the fourth thing, you know, the, the fifth wheel, but the, Ron and Tom. really in this case, Ron and Tom. Yeah. So we did. And then a couple episodes back, we talked about those, those relationships. You know, I think I mentioned in that one, it was the first time we kind of saw the strength of the, um, the April Ron relationship Right, it is a Tom Ron relationship for sure. Um, Ron in lots of ways becomes and is even here at this point, but a lot more in the future, um, kind of, uh, you know, um, someone that, Tom looks up to and kind of, you know, Ron is Sherpa-ing him along and yeah, going to guide him in lots of ways, a mentor of a nature. So that's not really here. It's a little more in competitive spirit because of this game that everybody's playing to unearth the dirt on each other. But um, yeah, on almost every front, there's advancement for for these pairs of people and individual people, the the whole gang, the, the use of the whole bench. Um, a lot of funny moments here. Um, less not funny moments for sure that, you know, the, the cringies, you know, the office really, I think, you know, probably if you were scoring those episodes, you know, you'd almost be, um, you'd want to give the cringe its own positive score because I think it's part of what makes the office, the office. Yeah. So far for me, at least in parks and rec cringe has almost always been a negative, um, you know, blackmail and things of that nature early on. So at least in this case, they weren't funny cringe. So we can at least put it that way here. I, I think there was less of that. And, and overall, this has definitely been my favorite episode so far. Um, I peeked ahead a little bit. I'll be honest at what's left in season two and kind of like I'd forgotten about this episode and how good it is in the sum of its parts. There's a lot of funny episodes in season two. So I, I could not not help myself. No, that's not right. I could not help myself, but to consider what's left in season two as I scored this, I came up with seven and a half on this, seven and a half little Sebastians. So again, we're not far off. I think wow. it maintains our, um, this distance. We've never been more than a half point apart, right? 
Well, you're exactly right, Alan. Not only have we no. well, there's one. If when, when I got to Grumpy Mark, that one. was that was that was a bastard right. point on the on the graph, and we were once. And that was I think you and I agreed <laughs> that that yeah. was probably both of our least favorite episodes, at least so far. That's true. And yep. you scored it a two, and, and I, I think we're agreeing one. that this is our favorite so far. That's right. And and traditionally, we will, with the exception of that one canvassing episode you and I will either agree or you will be a half point above me. So I don't know what that says about yeah, me. If I'm just a, a, a tad bit more, <clears throat> you know, a reserved or pessimistic or whatever, but, but it's still like, like you said, we're within a half a point. This was such a strong, strong episode. I mean, anybody who is watching this coming from season one and going, gosh, I hope they know what they're doing. I, I can't oh, see yeah. how anyone watching the show would have any choice, but to say, wow, they're, they are, they are in their stride. Now, yeah. You know, now I get it. Right. I think you'd have your, your aha moment for why this show made it at this point, if you had been doubting it for sure. Right. Right. And you made a good point. Yeah. Uh, so $5, um, uh, like a, a couple <laughs> shows back or so, I think that we were, you and I were kind of postulating about our scores then. And we're like, you know, there's a part of us that wants to uh, uh, save uh, the points because we're trying to, you know, right. recall, like, might, might there be some shows that are just such absolute knee slappers, zingers that, you know, right. we, we certainly the can't give this show. a high. And yet, that's to take away from, I think, some of the credit that these shows now that we're watching, how good they are. This was a great episode. Yeah. I, it definitely deserved a seven, and I can even see a seven and a half. Well, and, and this this season, just, you know, again, spoiler alert, I think is going to end on a high note, um, like like season one did, which is good. I mean, I think, you know, you get in that comedic rhythm and the writing room is really delivering toward the end of the season as they're about to take a breath, you know, and and and, and kind of regroup for next season. That's going to happen here. But this is a pretty early episode. This is only the fourth episode of this season, and they're 22 total. So we've got a ways to go here in season two. And they're already delivering really, really excellent episodes. So I, I think we're going to enjoy this season overall. I think this is a good representation of what's to come and um you know I, I think for all the reasons we've already said um this was a great episode and i really enjoyed it completely agree buddy all right well i want to remind everybody that you know um out there on the socials you know we're on instagram we're on the facebook and uh the twitter uh, as the kids call them uh we're not on that other thing yet we're, we're trying to figure out how to do that my daughter's working on that for me i got a, a crew of 15 year olds <laughs> trying to figure out how to get us on the talk but um until that happens <laughs> you could also come to live from pawnee.com and we've got a special section on there uh today that's you know ask us a question and we'd love for you to go on and ask a question leave Leave a comment. Just tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. We're trying to interact with folks out on social media and some of the comments. And and uh, and you know we've got a few listeners out there who who promised to tune in because they had listened to a different um, uh, uh, Parks and Rec podcast um, that kind of stopped. Um, so I encourage them to come over and listen to ours, and they promised they would. So I'm expecting them to do that any moment. That's awesome. Yeah, good point. And you know, even if you listen to one of our shows and they're out of order, if you listen to it and you you disagree with uh, with something that Alan or I said, or if you think that your usually score Mark. would be different, it's usually me. I, yeah. I admit it. Um, but you know, if you disagree with me, 
or you disagree with our scores, let us know because we're, we're interested to know what you think too. Maybe you liked, maybe you would have scored practice date a nine or, yeah. or maybe you didn't like parts of it and you would have made it a four. Tell us about it. We'd be interested. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. That was a great point, Mark. All right, everybody. Well, that does it for today. And we'll be back next week with another special mailbag episode, mailbag episode number two. And we're really looking forward to that special episode where we'll read some of the the comments and the questions you've sent in to us and talk about some of our favorite moments from season one and season two so far. Oh, that's always a lot of fun. I can't wait. All right. I look forward to it too. And we'll see everybody next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.